When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Irish Illustrated Insider brought to you by Anderson, Augustino, and Keller, Attorneys at Law, with offices in South Bend, Indiana, serving the local community's legal needs with a diverse and innovative group of lawyers. Let their team be your edge on legal matters. Contact the lawyers at Anderson, Augustino, and Keller at 574-288-1510 or visit their webpage at aaklaw.com. Welcome to the latest Irish Illustrated Insider Podcast. Pete Sampson, Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley after Notre Dame's 49-14 win over USC, a score that I still have to check because it just doesn't look right. Um, <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was everything that Notre Dame wanted it to be. It was a complete demolition of a ranked team that's your rival in prime time with dozens and dozens of recruits there. With the college football playoff rankings now about a week away, it uh, it was Notre Dame could not have asked for a better Saturday night. And it isn't always that way with big recruiting yeah. weekends, but but this one certainly turned out that way. There's no doubt about it. I mean, we we wondered just how legitimately physical Notre Dame was through the first six games. You have a much better idea this time around with the convincing win over Southern Cal. Now. Clearly, NC State's defensive front, defensive line, is better than USC's. So it'll be a challenge again, there's no doubt about it. But anytime you can beat your rival to that extent, and I think really to a large degree, kind of made USC's defense quit at a, at a certain point in the game. Uh, just an outstanding performance, ready mentally, emotionally, physically. The extra week of preparation certainly helped Notre Dame and USC is a little bit weary, there's no doubt about that. But just top to bottom, everything that Notre Dame could absolutely have hoped for, especially with a big recruiting weekend. Yeah, they have two what I call October call-ups now. And Kevin Stefferson, who clearly is yeah. the second most explosive, I guess including Brandon Wimbush, third most explosive player on the team. And Tony Jones Jr., who looks like Tony Jones Jr. And I talked to uh, a little story in the Monday Musings about that. I talked to Sam Mustafer about Jones, and he said, yeah, this, this is the real... He wasn't the real Tony Jones, and now he is. If the if he if Tony Jones runs like that, just six carries a game where he runs hard, absolutely. And Kevin Stefferson is going to keep coming. It seems like they are. Uh, that's a tough offense. Although Brian Kelly, Pete, you asked about on Sunday during our teleconference about having two backs, having a healthy Tony Jones Jr. in the backfield with uh, Josh Adams makes you more dangerous. I, there's a whole aspect of the playbook that we really haven't seen. With that, and then getting back to your point, Tim, about Stefferson, that's going to make Equinemius St. Brown a whole lot better uh, with that speed quotient on the field with St. Brown. I mean, really, with Jones being healthy and Stefferson being allowed to play, it's like you're you're picking up two midseason. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, I mean, Kelly jokes about hey, you can't go to the waiver wire. Well, like, kind of went to the waiver wire with Jones and Stefferson in, in a couple different ways. And Dexter that, Williams could be. 
coming off the waiver wire himself. He should take another week. I mean, if Tony Jones is going to run like this, get Dexter Williams completely healthy for the, for getting into Miami or something because yeah, you know he's he, not. Well, he may he may already be. You know, by this week he may be. I guess you got to learn to run with it. Is my question yeah. being. A running back that's a speed back has to learn to run with that. Josh Adams knows how to run with it. Yeah. It, um, with, I mean, Dexter Williams, Brian Kelly referenced it on Sunday, and I feel like we've sort of hinted at it. I, I feel like Dexter Williams reminds me a lot of DeVaris Daniels, and, like, if he's not at 100%, he just, like, isn't mentally there. Um, and when Kelly talked about that on Sunday, he said, like, I, you know, we have to get him all the way back, and then we'll play him. Um I think Dexter Williams is that kind of player. Now, I mean, the two running backs that I want to write about later this week, we saw it in spring ball. Yeah. We saw it in August. We're like, oh, this is really interesting. Before USC, they had run from formation seven times all year. So if that's a suddenly a new part of the offense that they've been working on for a long time but haven't been able to use, that's pretty interesting on top of Kevin Stefferson uh, being able to add to both the running and the passing game. I thought that... This was Chip Long's best game by far, and that's, that's something we didn't really talk about or write about probably enough immediately after the game. It's Intel and okay. tape. Right. <laughs> it's in, it's in the Monday yeah. Musics, too. It's like so. the, he's almost overlooked with yeah. Bayless Elko. Yeah. And it's, it was a, it was a, he did a brilliant yeah. job. I mean, absolutely brilliant. You know, everybody, it's easy for us on the outside to say, well, just go against USC and pound the ball. Well, it's a little bit more complicated than that. And they established the perimeter, and, and I think that that was huge. You get the defensive line on the run, especially an inexperienced defensive line on run, starts doubting themselves a little bit. And then just the, the job that Notre Dame's offensive line did on, on USC's defensive line. We may not, you know, I mean, we literally may never see that again in our lifetime, a Notre Dame offensive line dominating a USC defensive line like that. It's it's amazing the, how the running game has turned around. Look, Notre Dame gives up 11.4 points per game less than last year, which doesn't surprise anybody if you think about it last year. They averaged 10.4 more points per game than they did last year. It's a very big deal. They go so up like there a, and score so it's over a 20. 21-point swing it's in, there. It's insane. It, it, it is amazing. And it's on a, just totally flipping things around. There was 163 rushing yards per game last year. It's 317 right now. <laughs> You know, the thing with... Uh, so you're with, saying they would have beat NC State. They would. I think they might have. <laughs> well, talking about Tony Jones Jr., I mean, he is their best receiver at the running back position. So, uh, again, a different aspect of the playbook that can be accentuated. Yeah, so I think defensively, I thought that Notre Dame's safeties would get exposed in some ways by Sam Darnold on Saturday. It didn't really happen. There was a play where they they lost um, Stephen Mitchell, I think, yeah. deep. Yeah, Mitchell got um, yeah. That, that was kind of it. 50 yards yeah, I mean, but it's like I, I think you almost can, can stomach one 50-yard gain uh, by the, by Sam Darnold to one of those receivers. But that was sort of it. I, I was surprised that Deontay Burnett had 100 yards. Um, he kept coming. I think that was it. It was a lot of it was over. Don't yeah. really remember uh, a, a play he, made in the passing game. He had like, a couple deep outs. Yeah. I think that ate up a little bit. He a also bit had more yardage. 34-yard gain. Remade stud still miss. In right. space, we kind of thought, oh, that's that's what Burnett can do. But it was right. it was twenty eight nothing when those yeah, things happened. Yeah, you know, I mean, we talked about in pregame that you know that isn't an elite uh, USC receiving core, which they're accustomed to, but it's it's certainly a capable one. And and we saw, I mean, I like I, I like the defensive approach. It was clearly keep the ball underneath, keep it in front of you. 
uh, and those three receivers in particular, Mitchell Bur- Burnett and uh, and Vaughn's, are capable of making you miss in space, I and like they Burnett. did a few times. I like Burnett. I just think Notre Dame would pressure Darnold. Notre Dame's defense is better than Burnett and the pass protection. Yeah. yeah. He's a good player. And they did, for the most part, kept him in the pocket. He scrambled once for 18 yards. Uh, but but that didn't that didn't hurt them and and you know we talked about Darnold being inaccurate from the pocket the decision that he made on the interception by Watkins I mean it, it is the technique where he stepped the decision he made to try to throw it in such a small window the over the top coverage it was just it was a horrible decision every step of the way now I think at that point it was a fourteen nothing game and he's trying to make a play but I thought Notre Dame did a good job of keeping him contained. And over the course of 60 minutes, Notre Dame's defensive ends and that defensive line is going to come crashing down on you. You mentioned you don't think we'll see, maybe not see Notre Dame's offensive line do that to USC's defensive line. They had 10, Notre Dame had 10 tackles for loss defensively against USC. It's the most of the Kelly era against USC, the most of the Weiss era against USC, the most of the Willingham era against USC, obviously, and the most of the Davy era against USC, and I can't verify it in the whole era against USC because they don't keep tackles for loss very accurately. Uh, no, but I, it's would, just, but I would assume I would there's have, a couple. Yeah, yeah there's going to there be, been. There'll be a few in there. But think about that. That I mean, this defensive line just went up five sacks, ten tackles for loss. Now, those are counted. Like I don't know if people know five sacks are part of the ten tackles for loss. It's right. not 15 right. plays. But to go with six, seven hurries, that that's, that's they're all they were just all over them. They I, totally went up front. Julian now now Julian Okoro is locking out with somebody and throwing him aside. It's just, he has a new dimension to his game uh, every week. Yeah, it's I, it, you, know, you look at the stats. Khalid Kareem has as many sacks as Notre Dame's entire defensive line last year. It's amazing. That's ridiculous. It makes no sense. That's both good and bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good now. It's all good now. But it's, it's yeah. also, it was it's also um, really it's not good. Um, so, yeah, Notre Dame, I, I'm very curious. I wrote about this in my column. I asked Brian Kelly about it. I asked a bunch of players about it. I'm I'm really interested to see how they handle success because it's, it's a new thing. You can say, like, hey, act like you've been there before. But they, very few people on this team have had any success on a Saturday uh, consistently. And human nature outside of Tuscaloosa is undefeated in college football. And that's what Notre Dame is going to be facing moving forward. Uh, I think Nick Saban would argue uh, with you on that because they've struggled by by he Alabama. Human nature. Yes, yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, human nature doesn't apply to Nick Saban, but he's uh, you know he hasn't been completely satisfied with the effort of the Crimson Tide every step of the way. Of course, he blamed the the rat poison yeah. on that. That's how he beats human nature. He just yeah. makes stuff up. Uh, but I I just want to know how Notre Dame handles success because I think especially this week. There, there's major letdown potential. Um, I think I wrote this in my column. Notre Dame's good enough to have a trap game now, so I want to see if they're going to have one. Yeah, and, yeah. I, you know, we've been saying for weeks, like we talk about. Okay, well, if we pick, if you pick USC, do you pick NC State? I, I just don't. I don't. I don't see that now. I, I mean, I, I understand the concern with that, Pete, but I, I just don't. I'm not sure. As crazy as this sounds, I'm not sure how much energy. And emotion at the end of the night that Notre Dame expended against I agree. USC. I think human nature is 100% in effect, like Pete said, but you're right that it wasn't like they just went out and beat the team really badly and nobody got hurt and they got off the field and yeah, had some fun. Yeah, so, Phys- physically, yeah. they're great. I know what you're saying. They're being told they're great, too, is yeah. the point. Yeah. Mentally, I'm really curious. Yeah. Like, I mean, students are back this week. It's. It, I don't know, yeah, man. It's, it's been Josh, Josh Adams' Heisman campaign has, has taken off. I just. 
the whole it's a really thing, interesting weird, it's just an interesting dynamic that Notre Dame has not had to deal with and it's, it's something that Brian Kelly acknowledged without being asked about it on Saturday and I think he's going to be talking about it to the team all week it's true they haven't had they haven't done, had to deal with it yeah. that 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 part's it is, I'm, it is completely relevant, I believe, Pete, when you say that, because I cannot I cannot right now pick North Carolina State to win a football game against Notre Dame. But if they do, what Pete said is going to be involved in it. Notre Dame no is question. Much, Notre Dame is much better now than North Carolina State is. They are they are that much better, but you're right. It does that's not how Saturdays play out in college football. I would no, argue so I would better. argue that NC State's better than USC right I would, now. I thought they were I think so too, and I certainly think so now because I thought so two weeks ago. So there's nothing that makes me think USC's right. better than NC State. You know NC State's better than? Two thousand twelve Pittsburgh. Right. Yeah. That's a good well, point. That's, that's, that is that, a, that, it is yeah, it, it's human nature comes into it. But there's three weeks ago I wasn't sure who was better, Notre Dame or NC State or USC and all that, you know. Now I know. Well, I remember when we ranked the degree of difficulty of the remaining six yeah, opponents? I had USC, I had fourth. USC fourth. We both had USC yeah. fourth, but they also beat them by 35. There's, there's some wiggle room right here going forward. Yeah, what 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 seems normal and common is completely out of whack right now. Yeah. So, yeah, it's um, it will be very difficult to pick against Notre Dame the rest of the year. But you make a great point. You make a great point that Pittsburgh, you don't just, you, that's not how the games are played. It's not, no. oh, Notre Dame's better, so they're going to win. It has nothing to, it's got something to do with no. it, but it doesn't have everything to do with <laughs> it. It unfortunately does not. I mean, if if it was just like, yeah, it was better, you, I, you win, let's not play. Notre Dame would run the table. Uh, but we've, look, we all watch sports. You just don't know what's going to happen, including 49-14. Um, weird stuff happens when you're dealing with college football players. Notre Dame has done a really good job of insulating itself against the weird stuff so far this year. Uh, USC obviously did not. Michigan State did not. Um, it's difficult to just go to the well 12 straight weeks and play well every weekend. Uh, so it, we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm just I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens with Notre Dame's players and how they how they handle success? It it was suggested to me by uh, another member of the media that Wake Forest might be a bigger letdown moment for can, this team because that. of because of where they were last year at four and eight and and getting to this point that that's more likely to be a letdown week than NC State and obviously you have a, a lot more wiggle room and margin for error against Wake Forest. I can tell you that the stadium is going to have a much bigger letdown. For Wake Forest <laughs> yeah. and NC State, Notre Dame oh, fans yeah, yeah. will be up for this game. This is not going to be a sleepy situation. It, no matter what they do to NC State, that stadium will not be rocking not for be Wake Forest. Good. No, it won't be. But it's just not but human it's nature. Be a for huge those drop from last week. Yes, but then another drop, even <laughs> like yeah, the feeling just saying, of just there's a game going on right now type thing where you need a good start to kind of get people going. Look, you've seen these crowds. It doesn't matter if Notre Dame's good or not. They will be a drop off. Well, the Wake Forest in the, town. The weather's supposed to be really right now. The forecast is pretty, pretty. Big. It's supposed to rain all week, and it's going to be in the 40s for game time. Now that obviously can change five days from now. Here's a good setup. Do you know who leads the country in tackles for loss? It's not NC State. Um, so Wake Forest. Wake Forest. <laughs> Wake Forest is who one. Who needs Mike Elko? <laughs> yeah. Wake Forest is one, and Miami is three. Wow. Well, that's that's definitely something to keep in mind. But that again, I think that that speaks to Elko and the culture that he created and still left at Wake Forest while bringing a really good culture here to Notre Dame defense. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm point with the same. I think the drop off from last week to this week will be massive in the stadium, and I think the drop off from NC State 
to Wake Forest will be something, but it won't be nearly as much as a drop off from last week yeah. to this week. I think it's it could be a weird stadium environment. I'm pulling up the ticket map to see what tickets are available. The weather is an issue too for I mean, I count uh, fans in this one. Twenty sections that have tickets available. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird. It's gonna be a weird game. How many sections have tickets available for Wake Forest? Uh, yeah. All of them? This is, yeah. this is a great podcast radio here. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> uh, let me pull it up. Da, da, da. Bear with us. Uh, even more. Probably more like 30. So it's... Uh, I. What happens with Notre Dame's... I think Notre Dame's defense will travel from week to week. I think Notre Dame's offense will as well. But, um, you know, Brandon Wimbush... Does he keep making progress? Can Chip Long have back-to-back really good games? I think yeah. it's going to take... Yeah, will there be a letdown with the uh, Kelly-Long combination in the offensive uh, game plan because last week's was brilliant? Yeah, so it's. I, I think somebody asked, I don't know who asked Brian Kelly, like, well, how do you how do you keep this up? And, like, you don't keep 49-14 up. That's just not how That's not how things work outside of Alabama. So Notre Dame's going to have to go to the well in a little bit different way this week. I'm, I'm just sort of fascinated to see where, where they, like... Maybe somebody else jumps out. Maybe this is a, a game where Tillery stars or, you know, Tony Jones builds off last week. Um, it doesn't need to sort of necessarily be the offensive line in Josh Adams um, as, a, as it was on Saturday night. So it's, uh, yeah, it's just sort of, it's college football. It's interesting. On the injury front, uh, Brian Kelly said Sunday the girl Martini is going to practice this week. Um, we'll see. We've got to be really, look, really skeptical. Look, <laughs> you look good in warm-ups. I'll give him the credit. That, I was shocked how well he was moving around in warm-ups based on what I had heard, I think, before yeah. we recorded this podcast that's, last that's, week. That's pretty incredible. He just had arthroscopic surgery 10 days ago, something like that, 10, 11, uh, 11 days ago. Friday of the bye It week. was Friday, so 10 days ago. Uh, Tavon Coney was absolutely brilliant. As good as he looked in person, he looked even better re-watching the game. Uh, motivated, decisive, seemed like he uh, you know, knew his assignments where he needed to be. He was outstanding, and um, you know the defensive line continues to really. I, mean, I guess you can't say surprise anymore. It's it's a good, solid defensive line. I thought Jerry Tillery was really, really good again. Even in the third quarter, he's chasing a play twenty yards away. His conditioning is fantastic, and like I said earlier, at some point, um, you you know that Notre Dame's defensive ends are going to come crashing down on you, and. Um, I mean, it's just been absolutely fantastic what that defensive line's done. They're fun to watch. That's what I wrote about. It's fun to watch Notre Dame play football. If you're covering them, if you're a fan, if you're someone that just tuned in for the first time at the USC game, like a lot of people are, or since Georgia, they're just fun to watch. It's, it's, and you don't, you don't usually say that. You don't usually say that for a whole year like they have been. Um, the 2015 team was good, but I remember we were leaving a couple. We left Pittsburgh, and Tim and Pete and I looked at other like, that defense isn't a playoff defense. You know, we just figured, and then as it turned out, that was the last great moment of that season. Well, aside from the touchdown against Stanford that, that could have won it. But this just this team is very fun to watch, and I think, pe- I think people are enjoying it. And boy, have people not all enjoyed it universally since when? I mean, yeah, because, it, because it's such a complete... There's nothing you know, to complain when about, start, right? Yeah, you when you start say. comparing teams, like, you know, 2012 gets thrown into the mix, well... People the offense, about the offense was, a lot yeah, I mean, the that. offense wasn't even close to what to what this this offense is capable of doing. Yeah, it's uh, a yeah, between that people arguing about whether Josh Adams is a Heisman contender or not. Is this defense better than somebody? 
one of the questions I got on Twitter was, is this defense better than 2012? Like, you know, so Brian Kelly was asked on Sunday about the leadership being better on this team than 2012, and he, he dropped McGlinchey and Manti in the same leadership sentence, which I was like, whoa, hey, easy. Uh, but they there's some reliability and performance, which undercuts what I've been saying for the last 20 minutes, that human nature is shows up in college football. I mean, they're averaging, what, 29 point one margin of victory yeah. in their six wins? Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's outrageous. I will say this about the 2012 defense. I mean, again, we got, we're we talking scheme. I, you know, Diaco wasn't a... I mean, Diaco was a keep-the-football-in-front-of-you-cut type defensive coordinator, so it's many times not going to look as spectacular as what this defense has when... When the walls come uh, tumbling down with that pass rush, they give up nine touchdowns. In the regular yeah, season. I mean, yeah, I, yeah there, there's just, NFL. Okay. Yeah, there's NFL talent. I, I, I mean, I can predict. Who, I can tell you the touchdowns. I remember the touchdowns in a football season that were allowed against the defense. So that makes them better. Yeah, that's yeah. an automatic thing. Yeah, no doubt. But there was there's a, a a ton of NFL talent there that uh, presumably doesn't quite exist on this team, yeah. but just as effective. Hey, well, hell of a weekend for Notre Dame. I can't even believe some of the conversations we're having about comparing this to all-time great teams because that is just didn't seem like that was in the cards when training camp opened and sure as hell not when last season ended. But here we are, Notre Dame's 6-1 and one, heading towards NT State with a top-10 ranking. So we will come back. Segment 2, Irish Illustrated Insider. Questions of our readers next. Irish Illustrated Insider is brought to you by... Anderson, Augustino, and Keller, attorneys at law, with offices in South Bend, Indiana, serving the local community's legal needs with a diverse and innovative group of lawyers. Let their team be your edge on legal matters. Contact the lawyers at Anderson, Augustino, and Keller at 574-288-1510 or visit their webpage at aaklaw.com. Segment two of Irish Illustrated Insider, burning up the boards. Questions from our readers, starting with Dashing Domer. So is is this an effective way for BK to avoid the, quote, can't win the close games narrative? No. He's screwing himself. <laughs> That's like, I, I'm just saying, somebody might take out a newspaper ad that says Brian Kelly is 1-9 in his last 10 games decided by one score. Can might we, happen. He could still be at the end of the season, is what yes. you're saying, right? There's just, just keeps... You know, I... I, I I mean, obviously, Notre Dame's much better prepared for a close game, but still, a game like that comes down to maybe the right play call and the execution of a play by an individual player. So, um, you know, I mean, <laughs> they're much better prepared to be in that situation, but it still comes down to that moment and, and the coaching staff and the players having to to do the right thing to pull out a, a close game. I think if there's a close in these five games, let's say all of them, could be close. Let's say one of them's going to be close. The worst one to be close would be where all the pressure is on Notre Dame. So if Miami's close, not all the pressure's on Notre Dame. That's just go play football on the road and see if you can pull it out in a close game. Stanford is a lot of pressure because you're actually playing for a berth in the national into the playoffs if you haven't lost yet. There's a lot of pressure if this game's close, I think, because of how they just won. And clearly, if the other two games are close, all the pressure is on Notre Dame. Completely, 100%. You don't want Navy to be close, because you know what happens when those games are close. It just becomes... Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think I think Notre Dame in a close game against Miami, I would think they would come through. I just think that, that is, it's more of an absence of pressure. 
that you're down there. It's you against that crowd. It's you against the world. I think anything else is close gets a little hairy for Notre Dame. I don't, I don't care what he says about the mindset. I think it's a tough... I think all the pressure shifts to Notre Dame. I think this... Maybe this will be the weekend where they break the 1-9, the one one-score thing. Because... I mean, NC State seems like competent enough defensively that they're not going to get played off the field. <laughs> but you go with Dave Doran on this. That's the key. Yeah, I just feel like, in spite of last season's result, that Brian Kelly is going to outcoach Dave Doran. I, just, I agree. I just I feel agree. that way. Well, it could be raining okay. Saturday, so no, it's yeah. actually. <laughs> so I, yeah, I I like the question. It's funny. This yeah. is a good way of avoiding the problem. Yeah. I think we all, I, I referenced it in my, in my column, too. I mean, you keep expecting the close game to come, and, and Notre Dame keeps man on people. But I, it's still coming. Yeah, it's close game, and it's two-point conversion. Okay, coach, you got to make the right call, and player A and player B, you you've got to execute in order to win. Yeah, I mean, this. i also curious about, and I, I want to ask this North Carolina week, I didn't really get around to it, but just the utility of, Having Mike Elko on staff with his knowledge of ACC teams, I asked him about that in preseason, okay. and he he downplayed it because they didn't play uh, Miami. Wake didn't play Miami last year, and there was somebody else, maybe NC State. I'm not really sure how the divisions are aligned, but uh, I I asked him about that during the pre preseason, the last gathering with the uh, assistant coaches for the year. And he, he immediately downplayed it. But I, I, I do think that's a good point. I mean, just in general, when you're playing five mm-hmm. or six ACC teams, now how long that lasts, you know, maybe another year with some personnel that carries over from his days at Wake Forest. For what it's worth, NC State uh, put up 527 yards on Wake so Forest wasn't last year. Them. 200 yards rushing and 327 yeah. yards passing. So. I think maybe Miami would have been. Maybe Miami was one of the two. He had mentioned two teams that they hadn't played. Um, All right, next up, Twitter is a combination question. One is from Kalendorf, and he wants to know how we would rank the new coordinator hires one to four, Elko, Bayless, Long, and Polian. And then YRAG wants to know what do you think Brian Kelly needs to do to lock down Chip Long and Mike Elko long term? I mean, just talking to every player, the coaches, no matter what, we say strength and conditioning is number one, right? They reference it all the time. I asked Dalen Hayes about this win being possible last year. He said Matt Bayless. He's on the defense. I asked Sam Mustafer about taking over the game. He said Matt Bayless. He's on the offense. So I have to go with Matt Bayless, even though he's the one we don't get to see do his work. We, we see the product that Chip Long and Mike and Elko put out there. So because he has affected the entire team, I think Bayless is number one. Yeah, when you put it that way, affecting the entire team, I mean, I, I, I tend to just rank them together because I think those because three are all right. yeah, those three are the three best hires at their position yeah. and I guess I don't know everybody that's been hired in college football it's kind of good people say that he's the best defensive end in college football I don't know everybody that was hired but uh you gotta you gotta find yeah. me three better on one team you're not finding three better but they're all Elko's up for the Broyles award at the end of the year right if this continues mm-hmm. clearly Chip Long should be and Matt Billis 41 points a game. I saw I saw Samson's look change here. Yeah. <laughs> they were terrible last year. It was... He has completely changed everything offensively. It's... It's amazing. I guess Chip Long's behind Elko, but why? They were... They couldn't run on anyone last yeah, year. Yeah, I... I well, okay, I guess... Because uh, because it's a veteran offensive line and you expected them to be very good. However... It said the same because thing. Because of... I know, I, I, exactly. Because of scheme and play calling, etc., 
the offensive line is better, and therefore the entire offense is better. Yeah, I mean, I would Bayless, Elko, Long, Pauline. That's how one, I'm, two, three, four. Yeah. I feel like clear lines of demarcation between all four. That's I blur my lines between two and three. That's yeah, minor, minor blurred there. Well, you know, I mean, Pauline, although he certainly solidified the the special teams, but it, I, you know, I guess we kind of. We kind of downplay that because nothing really bad has happened. Yeah, they've given up a couple 30-some-yard kick returns. They've actually kind of had to take away some of his players, too, to make sure they're healthy on offense and defense. Like, they're pulling Claypool off of a kickoff coverage. Right, and they lost Martini. They lost Martini. So it's not, and Dexter Williams is one of the guys. It's... He, he doesn't like say, okay, I want these 11. It's not up to, it's not really the way a, foot, a college team can be managed. Right. I think yeah. the first two weeks of the season, the special teams players of the week were Dexter Williams and Tony Jones, and then they've been hurt for the last month. Yeah. And now Grim Martini is also banged up. So it's, it's a difficult situation. All right. Next question. Skip it down to Terry Benedict. Everyone is telling us how good Notre Dame is. Name your top three things they need to improve on. Uh, I mean, obviously, the evolution of the passing game, which, which, you know, should, get a real uptick here already did actually with Kevin Stefferson. I don't know that Chase Claypool gets targeted nearly as much now, but certainly the continuation of the, the evolution of, of the passing game. I, yeah, I, to me, safety is still a, a concern, um, but we're seven games into it. And, and Elko has a great way of, of, of masking those deficiencies. And then third, uh, I think you, when a team's playing this well, you start getting a little picky. Uh, kickoff depth. Uh, I was going to say kickoff. Which co- they I was can't say kick coverage too. Which yeah, yeah I mean be, be, because they can't. I mean they don't. They're not putting a football in the end zone, and and um, and so, and I don't think that um, you know I Newsom Newsom can kick a fifty-five yard punt and give up a twelve-yard return, and your net's good. But when he kicks a line drive that's forty-five. And they give up a 12-yard return. Now you're losing some yardage there. But I'm getting a little nitpicky. You know, I mean, if you get more specific, the screen the screen game, That's uh, which, is, which is probably a lot on Wimbush, but now Tony Jones is back, so maybe you have more that you can do there. My number one is the screen game, because I think that can improve. Yeah, You can't necessarily make Brandon Wimbush an efficient passer all over the field just because there's a few weeks left in the season to do it. Uh, I did have kick coverage just because everybody except North Carolina has had at least a 32-yard or at least a 30-yard return. They had another... 38 yarder. It's too much if a game's ever close again. You win by 25. It doesn't matter that much if they keep getting the ball. Right. And, you know, you get an untimed, a, a ill timed kick return to the 40 in the fourth quarter when the team's down seven. It, it tightens things up a little bit. That's But we have to be nitpicky because Notre Dame wins by an average of 25 points a game. Yeah, I feel like that's so, I, it's in the same concept as your 50 50 balls. They need to win more of them. And I'm like, how many do you want them to win? 80%. 80, 80, 80, 80, 80, all right. You want to be then they're 80 20 balls. They're 80 20 balls. Good. Go get it. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's Brandon Wimbush's footwork, Brandon Wimbush's accuracy. Uh, those would be number one and number two. And then it's all minor stuff after that. I mean, there's nothing made – because safety is not something that I think can be improved. Like, those are just the guys that they have. Um, they're not going to get a new safety back there. That's a concern, then, I would say. You say yeah, so I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I think I – think Teams will, you know, who's in a position to expose that? You're not, you know, after, I don't know how much really i got to delve into NC State here later oh, as the, the week progresses. But I, Finley's, yeah, Finley's, Finley's the next best quarterback. Really but, good player, so. Right, but, you know, how many deep balls do they throw? Right. I, we, My safety problem is not the deep balls as much as um, tackling in space against a good player. That's that's what I think they can, it can be a problem. 
Yeah, I, I don't it think is. that's something that's yeah. going to be improved. Right, right. So it's a concern for me. That would be my uh, area of concern that is hard to improve. Oh, you're looking yeah. at, like, what can they improve? Yeah. And you're yeah. saying they can't yeah. improve what can you that. Adjust? Like, I think they can improve the screen game. I think, you know, Brandon Wimbush's footwork can improve. I think Brandon Wimbush's accuracy can improve. Some, some of that is, you know, through play calling, you know, making him throw the ball where he's comfortable throwing it. Um, but beyond that, defensively, I just... I mean, I know everyone wants us to say turn and look for the ball if you're a corner, but I feel like they're doing okay. Like that, I I don't come away from Notre Dame games like, God, I wish they would just turn around and look well, play, it, play the ball. It's ha- I, I wouldn't even say it's happened a handful of times. I mean, it's probably yeah, you know, a four, three or four. Um, it was just unbelievable in the third quarter. I must have had like eight people hit me up on Twitter outraged about Notre Dame's cornerback play. <laughs> this game, yes. Were they watching that tape or something? Well, they're, they weren't. They were doing what they were asked to do. They were. Yeah. They were asked to keep the football in front of them. There wasn't. I mean, I. I, I mean, I don't, Pete. I don't know if you've gone through how many times did they press at the line of scrimmage. I. They weren't asked to do that. Yeah. Well, that was what people were complaining about. Well, then you don't understand. Why did they play off? Because if you try to make line, you know the answer. If you try to make USC go seventy-five yards. They're going to have difficulty doing that over the course Especially of the Especially with already down four touchdowns. <laughs> Do you remember what Chuck Martin said back in the Diaco days? He said, because they used to give up that the hitch all the time. It was They would allow these seven-yard completions sometimes on first and ten, tackle them, and then rally and make yeah. them punt. He said, I've never gone to a defensive meeting room where we said, man, we lost that game because we kept giving up that seven-yard hitch to the flat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and you have to give up some things in football, and when you're killing USC, I guess you keep receivers in front of you. Denver Maximus, last year people were questioning the toughness of this offensive line and why he stand wasn't under more criticism. What has changed from last year that has enabled the line to truly be the dominant unit we have waited for for the past two years? Is it scheme? What else? I think it's Tim O'Malley's Broyles Award winner, Chip Long. Yeah, um, he should be the, he's up getting 41 points a game, Pete. I, I mean, I do think that, that that's the biggest difference is that the offensive coordinator really likes to run the ball. Yes. Okay, but you just put Bayless in front of the offensive He's not eligible. So. He's not eligible. I know, but okay. he's made that to get that. <laughs> Otherwise, he's made one, two, that. He's, he's put that offensive line in a position to to physically handle these situations much yeah. better. I mean, it's everything. It's, it's, it, you know, it's not you a mean it's thing. never one thing? It's Pete? never one thing. <laughs> According to the offensive yeah. line, it's just the sheer trust. No, trust is part of it, though. They actually do put the game on the offensive line. No like, doubt. Because they've been prepared by Bayless. And they practice it with long. There were enough quotes in the preseason. Like, you can tell when somebody's, like, kind of shoveling it at you or, like, oh, that that registered with me is more authentic. There were more than enough authentic quotes in the preseason where you came away thinking, like, wow, that offensive line did not like Mike Sanford or what the hell they were doing last year. Um, Because it was, like, it was almost like snide offhanded remarks about like, yeah, well, we got finally got an offense coordinator who gives a crap about running the ball. I mean, that was basically what they were saying. Remember everybody was telling us to quit talking about last year? It's because it was absolutely impossible because every player talked about last year, all of August. Well, you know, now they finally trust us. That's the captain, the two-time captain saying they finally trust us yeah, to run no, the ball. They that used, was surprising. They used to say they trusted us. I'm glad you said that. There's a big difference. So, trust. Uh, Bayless, Long. Yeah, I mean, the, the you know... Two pros. Yeah, the, <laughs> in the, not, the not mindset. Not having a second-round pick at quarterback? I mean, that's somebody actually... This was a, a Twitter question I got, and they didn't want to know, what would Notre Dame's record be if Deshaun Kaiser came back? And it's like, I don't want to think about it. Because they're, they're too much fun to watch without that kind of quarterback. <laughs> I don't know. They probably would still be 
six and one. They might even be seven and zero. Oh. But I but I don't think they would have a definitive style of football yeah. the way that they think do. about the think about the mindset of the offensive line now when they you know when they look for the play you know whereas last year they're thinking I I hope we run the ball damn it we're probably not going to <laughs> to now right to now looking at like, the sidelines like, I gotta I gotta wipe the hurricane rain right. out of my eyes just to get the play so call. now they're looking at the sideline and they know what's coming and they're prepared for it and they're psyched up about it and. It's just the mindset is completely different. It's about a year ago where, remember, all they talked about was we would ask why they're not running the ball more, and there would be, well, they have that extra head in the box. We have not, heard that, we haven't heard all yeah, year. Yeah, you know what? The extra head in the box. So I, I just picture the lineman last year going up the line and going, oh, they have a linebacker on the field. We're going to check to a pass. Let's be ready. <laughs> Has he said it one time no, this year? Why would he just run? Well, over I know. That. I, <laughs> just yeah. run over that guy in the box is the point. <laughs> is it? I mean, is, if that principle still applied. Isn't it amazing to you that teams don't just have nine in the box? Like, I saw why that. are teams defending Notre Dame's offense this way? I don't, I don't get it. Like, why aren't you playing like a four-four front on every snap? I don't, it makes no sense to me. Extra hat in the box ah. means you can't run in the past. Now it just means we'll just that run. Is, uh, run that that among it. many things is a refreshing change not to hear the reference to the extra hat in the box. Or short passing is an extension of the running game. <laughs> oh. It's also one of my favorites. That's just flat out not true. It's a lie. <laughs> it's just not true. Uh, Miami Irish, which remaining team do you think Notre Dame is most likely to beat by 20 points or more? NC State, Miami, or Stanford? And you can answer... Well, it's a it's a ranking, I guess. You could oh, say all of them. I just like that this all of them. I just like that this <laughs> I, te- this got past the censors because, like last week, this would never have been allowed in the question. <laughs> you never would be. This would not be a question asked by a reasonable person. There, you know. I'm going against the grain and saying I'm going against Tim's uh, scouting of NC State's line and your human nature. And I'm saying NC State because mm. they are rolling. Going to a road game is hard to win by twenty, down it. It's hard I, to win by 20. Yeah, that's I, cool. I, I actually think Miami is the clear answer. That's yeah, a possible. I don't think Miami me, but... is that good. I, and I think they're going to get worked over by Virginia Tech a week earlier. And they're in letdown mode. And they're just like, they're they're a luck runs out team. There's another podcast on this too that says there's LRO games. And I think Miami is due for some LRO games coming up in November. I think I think you make a good point. I, you know, I think their quarterback still has a lot to prove against you know. quality competition. Uh, my sense would dis- would be Stanford because Stanford's giving up like almost five yards of carry, uh, but then you have Bryce Love as the equalizer. They get uh, a few yards of carry too out there. Yeah, they do. They yeah, they do. Um, and they lost to USC, which seems impossible now. Yeah, it worked by USC, but that's yeah. they you know they also got they also lost to Northwestern a couple of years ago in the beat Notre Dame, so that's not really what you look at. So wow, you think Miami? Well, I mean, here are Miami's All wins. Bethune Cookman, Toledo, Duke, Florida State on a last second play. This is two and four Florida State. They beat Georgia Tech by a point, and then they beat Syracuse by eight. They've got North there at North Carolina this week, though. Where North Carolina is. God, they're bad. It's offensive. Um, and then Virginia Tech and Notre Dame. Like, I think Miami could finish 10 and two. And lose by 20 points to Virginia Tech and 20 points to Notre Dame. I mean, that just, I just don't think that they're nearly as good as they're ranking at. I think they're number eight right now. 
So yeah, that's my team. Still a lot of, I mean, physical, athletic talent on that roster. But I, I you know, I was astonished at how much talent they lost, and they still had a bunch of talent left to come back and maybe win, win ten games. But um, I would agree. I so you, would you prefer that Miami knocked off Virginia Tech or that Virginia Tech worked them so that I don't see Miami undefeated. I don't think it's going to make Notre Dame lose to them. If they're undefeated, so I think because yeah, uh, then people can freak out about college game day being there or not being there, which is like it's fun. Really, to be a there. blast from the past of like people caring about that. It's fun to have an undefeated team you're playing. Yeah, sure. Miami in the mid on the road, Notre Dame, Miami. Yeah. I mean, that's it's better for football. It should it's be better for the world. <laughs> Tough follow up, Jay Law from that O'Malley comment. But what, in your opinion, is the most underrated aspect of this team's makeover from last year? Go ahead, Tim. Well, I know why you want me to go ahead because when we cover them all day long, every day, we rated everything at some point. So underrated. I mean, we've talked about the mental aspect of it, and everybody has talked about that. We've talked about the offense. There's no way people don't think the offense. That's been rated properly, right? The offense. The, By you? The, yeah, the, exactly. <laughs> the defense. Um, the strength and conditioning. So the underrated aspect would be... What is there? I mean, what, what The camaraderie? Everybody talks about the camaraderie, right? It's You know what it is, I guess? I guess maybe Brian Kelly's roster management because he somehow exiled his third best offensive player and got him back just in time for the biggest game of the year to date... And he's good. I thought Stafford was going to take forever to get back when well, I saw yeah, him out there I mean, against Miami I mean, and North Carolina. Half the kind of a long time. No, but, right? no, but he didn't play in four yeah, games. But he, but he, but he, but he wasn't clearly he wasn't in the mix of two previous He wasn't able to play in the four games. Yeah, well, I get that. But, I mean, he was in the mix the, then the next two games. So And, and, then, really and then a bye week. But he was yeah. not even... He was Well, he wait, you, saw, you heard yeah. Wimbush's comment after the game. I mean, yeah. he's still not in... in the shape that he needs to be, I guess, to play. I think Kelly's roster management would probably be the only because everything else has been rated. <laughs> well, <laughs> Just rated. Yeah, un, un, underrated makes it difficult. I, I maybe look. I am a I am astonished this defensive line is as good as it is. You know how much I said through the spring. I mean, I I was flat wrong. And when Elko said, "Hey, there," when Elko says to you, "We're going to be better than you think," then it's like, okay, maybe I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Because they've been, I mean, they've been outstanding, and I've expected somebody to really hurt them in the ground game, and maybe that's Stanford at the end of the road. But um, I am, I am astonished at how good this defensive front has become. The pass rush isn't underrated, though, right? It's just the underrated no. is the issue. Yeah, they're the yeah, pass rush is that's the why I under, yeah. That's for sure. I, I, it's hard to answer the question as you point out with the word underrated. But I mean, as far as the team that ha- or the area that has come the furthest. I'm, I'm astonished at how productive they are. Uh, linebacker play would be my underrated one because defensive line like just doesn't make any sense. Like it's it's hard to be like, what's the rating? I don't yeah, know. It's I, like it, it it just it's illogical what's well, happening I'm, there. Yeah, but linebacker underrated play, since the start of the season, yeah, I guess yeah. if you want to put it that way. But, but linebacker play, I mean, Coney, Tranquil, Morgan, they combined for 25 tackles over the weekend. I think Niles Morgan is underrated in the sense that. We expected him to be amazing, like maybe a top two or three player on the team. Hasn't made that kind of impactful play. So because he hasn't made those kinds of plays, we think he's not playing very well. Right. Um, I talked to somebody at the Goog. They 
think he's playing great. And I'm like, really? And I'm like, yeah, he's, he's playing awesome. I'm like, well, I, I'm not rating that correctly. So he's underrated. Um, because I, and that's, that's just, he's been a victim of our, and I mean media at large, like really sky high expectations before the season started. Well, I also think that, you know, two or three missed run, missed run fits gets turned to seven and seven or eight in the minds of a lot of people. Yeah. Um, it's hard to play linebacker in college. It's hard to find all of your run fits. It's hard to turn around and make the play on a ball when you're a cornerback. Uh, but like a handful of plays stick out in our mind as it, as it relates to the corners, you know, mm-hmm. as well as, as Morgan, but Coney was absolutely brilliant. Um, Martini, I think, is. I mean, he, he. There's a reason why he was playing when he was a freshman. He understands how to play the game. He knows where he's supposed to be. And I think a lot of times, he's where he's supposed to be, to be, but doesn't blow somebody up, and you don't you don't notice him as much. But Tranquil, maybe maybe uh, uh, we're not exactly clear where to list Tranquil. We list him with the linebackers. He's in the linebacker room, what, right? He's he in the, the linebacker, linebacker room. So that's how we rate him, and he's been he's been pretty darn good pretty much every step of the way. I guess it's hard when you cover him all the time to underrate someone. Do we maybe underrate the um, contributions of Durham Smythe overall, since he's always in there well, on a great running? I'm glad you pointed it out because I because that was somebody who I sung the praise of him in today's tale of tape, and I, it was interesting seeing him having a, a little brief conversation with Harry Heastand during the game. Uh, he was very every bit as much a part of that offensive line and what they did to. to uh, USC's defensive front. There were there were six guys that were were hammering that defensive front for USC. You found somebody. There you go. We got it. It is Good. it man. It is hard to do when you cover Notre Dame football 365 days a year to find someone that's <laughs> underrated on a six and one team. So that's it for this week's Irish Illustrated Insider. Our Monday podcast will be back Thursday to preview NC State. Uh, really interesting test. Bradley Chubb. I think in the preseason it was a guy that we picked out as maybe the best defensive player Notre Dame was going to face all year. That. To me, that matchup is the equivalent of Wolf or Dory Jackson, where I, I just go to the game to watch that. Um, so it's going to be a fun one this weekend. We'll be back Thursday to preview it with our next podcast. Thanks for listening to the latest Irish Illustrated Insider. Well, it started.